Welcome back to the Pastors Podcast. Pastor Scott here with Pastor Jim. Hello. Jim, how are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? And joining us via satellite phone from Guam is Pastor Kevin Elwell. Well, uh, hello. Half a day, that's what we say here. <laughs> Wait, you, you don't. Do you actually say top of the day? No, half a day. Half a day. Ha- that's that's half the local a d- greeting. It's H-A-F-A, half a uh, and then a day, okay, A-D-A-I, okay. half a day. All right, that, that, I feel like that makes more sense than, than top of the day. No, I no wish. not top of the day. <laughs> so you leave good out, it's like half a day, just like have a, have a day, don't have a good day or a bad it's, day, it's just not, have a day. Is that not, what that means? It's not, ha- <laughs> it's not half. It's half a. It's like, it's, our, it's our version of, of aloha. You know, Hawaii has aloha, <laughs> we have half a day. <laughs> but it does, you know, it's, it's kind of downgraded from aloha. Yes, I, I want to say. I, I, I don't know. I kind of like Hoffa Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Jimmy Hoffa. I don't know. It's, it's the wrong. Things, things are very, you know, slow paced here. And uh, uh, I think if you, the etymology of that would be that was the desired amount of time that you wanted to work in a day, you know, so I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> So we are, uh, we're going to consider this essentially a bonus episode in our Cornerstone History podcast series. We have, we've done eight episodes. We've done eight episodes. Have we really? We've done eight. Uh, It seemed like 20. Eight volumes (laughs) of the Cornerstone History podcast. And we've got one more to go. We're going to be recording in the next couple of weeks as we recount kind of the first 10 years of Cornerstone. Um, But... We thought we'd stop and check in with Kevin Elwell after he got thrown under the bus multiple <laughs> times on <our laughs> last podcast. No, so Kevin and I were just we're talking. Actually, we just a, maybe a week after we'd recorded that, uh, Kevin and I were chatting. I'm like, "Oh man, you got to listen to this." And and the idea of having Kevin come on to to correct all of our mistakes. Yeah, right. Of, yeah. uh, of, of I that, didn't. That I didn't era. hear a bunch of mistakes. Uh, the one thing I was. I, <laughs> You guys kept talking about Jim's coffee comment at the coffee shop where he said, uh-huh. I'm, I'm cautiously pessimistic. But I, yeah. remember, I remember going back to my office in, in, or home and telling my wife, well, Jim said he was cautiously optimistic. You know, I mean, that's the way I heard it. So that was the only, that's the only thing I remember a little differently was one word. You misquoted but- me? God. <laughs> so, Kevin, I mean, we, we've been having these conversations about, like, the history of, of First Baptist, the history of Cornerstone. Um, maybe even for those that don't know you, what, what was, I mean, I think we introduced it a little bit during our episode, but what, when... What is it that brought you to First Baptist, and when did you come here? Do you, do you even remember? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, there's so many. Um, you'd have to go back to a guy named uh, John Spiegel. And John Spiegel was uh, right. a member of First, of First Baptist, and he was working for Google down the street there from the church. And, uh, uh-huh. But he was a kid in my youth group when I was a youth pastor here in Guam. So... Um, he, he uh, used to come over to my house and we would do these Bible studies and my wife would fix awesome food as a bunch of guys. And then we would play this N64 game, uh, James Bond. And we called the evening uh, bonding time. You know, it was the guy's bonding time. That's what we called it. So, but he ends up at, uh, he goes to school. Uh, I also taught him because uh, I was a teacher here at a Christian school in Guam. And 
and John, John was in my class. I coached him. Uh, so I had a, a really deep relationship with him. He went to First Baptist. Uh, he lands there. I am at the time he lands at First Baptist, going to church there. Jerry Wilkie's the pastor. Um, I'm in San Diego finishing my Master's of Divinity, but I'm a college coach. And uh, I finish up my Master of Divinity, and I remember talking to my wife saying, I really like coaching, and there's a lot about college coaching that is very pastoral, you know, because I was doing men's and women's, you know, about 20 to 25 kids per team. And uh, there was a lot of pastoral uh, nature to that. I liked it a lot. The teams were getting a little bit better than when I first started. And I was like, maybe the Lord just wants to stay here. And then John calls out of the blue, and we're talking, catching up, and he says, hey, would you ever consider being a youth pastor again? And the first thing that went through my head was, no way. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, after talking with him, he, I was like, he really wanted me to come up and just meet with the pastor, Jerry Wilkie. And uh, um, I remember agreeing to it. I said, okay. And, and, and so the day came. He, so John set up this meeting, and uh, I was going to drive, and Jerry was north and he was going to drive south. We we're going to meet halfway. And uh, I just remember going out the door, turning to my wife, saying, this is going to be a royal waste of time. Uh, and I drove all the way up there and I met with Jerry. And we're just talking. And uh, uh, if you hear Jerry tell his side of the story, he says, I'm sitting there talking to you in about 30, 40 minutes, maybe an hour in, I start realizing this guy's not trying to sell me. Like, I don't know if he wants the job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was just talking to him, you know, and I really liked Jerry. And when we left, I remember leaving, think, we were like, well, let's pray about it, you know. And so that was kind of what opened the door. I prayed about it. We came up and visited. I brought Missy. And, and uh, really that what that was about was would, would I uh, make the transition to, into full-time ministry uh, because mm. I had never really been in full-time ministry at a church. I had always been a part-time youth guy uh, and um, lots of different hats in ministry, but never full-time. And I was always teaching or doing other things. But so I came to First Baptist. The first year was an awesome year uh, and uh, uh, got to know people in the church really well, but I think I became known as the crazy youth guy because of all the zany things I did. You know, I mean, the first year I was there, we did the, the Oktoberfest. We, we turned it into this like gigantic thing. You know, I was renting bouncers and we had the, we had the lamplighter class, which was the oldest people. They were like baking pies and doing cakewalks and stuff. And, and uh, it was just a, a herd of people came out of the neighborhoods into this thing. And it was, you know, and, um, uh, um, and then I met you, Scott. That was when I met you because so, they had so the Harvest Festival. The Harvest Festival we know today is thanks to uh, to Kevin Elwell. I mean, they were doing it before, but you the the next level Harvest Festival mm, mm. is thanks to Kevin Elwell. Yeah, I remember I went around and collected these refrigerator boxes and connected them and made this giant maze where you would crawl through it. And Jim kept coming in, and looking in, and what is going on in this room? You know. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, he says, can I help you do anything? And I, I gave him some duct tape. Tape these boxes together. You know? <laughs> that was one of the things I loved about Jim is he was always like, he would always come and, and see what I was doing and just say, how can I help you? You know, so I think he felt sorry for me, but. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to burn down the church. That's my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so, so this is one of, I mean, this is one of my, my, my questions because you, you know, uh, 
Jerry inherited you, Jim. Yeah. Yes. And then you guys <laughs> Jim inherited and, and, me. And, 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 <laughs> no, yeah. And then you hired Kevin, and Jim kind of inherited you. What yeah. What was your uh, What was your first impression of Jim Leonard, Kevin? That's what. That, that's um, one of the things I want to know. Um. Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> he he's, that far away. Okay. His office was right next to mine, and I remember. You know, you had that little. Uh, first entrance where like a thousand books in the room. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He had a vestibule into his private office. It was, it, you know, if, if I was, and he had these wicker chairs and we used to sit in there and talk a lot. You know, I always thought if there's an earthquake, we're going to be buried by books, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, I, I don't know. I just thought, I always th- thought that I always saw him as, as a godly man who was an ally in ministry, I guess, you know, and, mm. I really yeah, enjoyed I really yeah. enjoyed sitting and talking with him all the time. And um but I remember the first year there was like I was a little unaware as to all of the background that I think you've talked about uh mm. and, you know the the there was a power control struggle going on behind the scenes which I knew nothing about when I came up to the church, you know. And uh, uh they didn't they didn't include that in the interview, huh? No. <laughs> Somehow no. I managed to forget that one. No, but uh, uh, every, so, well, go ahead. Uh, no, 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 go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, everything was uh, new to me in the sense of being in full-time ministry in a church, but also just living in the city. I had never lived in the city like that. We, our first home was in uh, Northridge, and, you know, it's like I'm doing these 45 minutes, an hour and a half, sometimes drives, depending on the traffic, which was... I had never done that in my life. So there was a lot of new stuff in the first year. The first two years were very different than the second, the second two to three. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, as we, as we recollect it, Kevin, we, I think we all pretty much blame you for the idea of the merge. Um, is, is that how you remember it or how, how did that come about? Well, okay. So this, I think um, I was, I listened to your podcast. I was thinking about it and uh, I was, the way that I remember this is you and I developed a really good relationship. Um, Scott, yeah. Scott was the, the athletic director and I was, which I thought was funny because I had been an athletic director and you had done my job. Like we had done each other's jobs yeah. before. And so <laughs> you and I, true. you and I were always talking about this, you know, and, and uh, I think that you and I developed a good relationship because of the school and the, the difficulty yeah. in ministering to those kids the Christian school that was attached, you know, to the church. I don't know if you've yeah. ever mentioned that, but, yeah. but yeah. Uh, most, I didn't realize like the vast majority of the kids in the school were not believers, you know, and I came yeah. in like, I'm going to have all these Christian kids and teach them the Bible. And it was like, like, not like that at all. So yeah. um, uh, anyways, uh, I, I, I mean, talk, talk about bonding with Scott. We had this, uh, basketball game where it was like all the high school <laughs> basketball varsity boys against the teachers and I got in on that team and we wore like the old uniforms we found in some back closets from like 1970s and they had shrunk down (laughs) and we come running out and it's almost like my shorts were were like inching towards speedo-ishness you know and (laughs) it was like and it was like the kids were just dying laughing you know imagine Scott Mel in a tiny shrunken basketball (laughs) uniform I don't want to hear this part (laughs) yeah so so we bonded a lot through through the school 
But, and I think that that was the, really the, the first thing I would say is because the, the, the idea about merging was really about joining a relationship with Scott, you know, because, mm. and Brian had come in and ta taught in the chapel once, so I knew yep. Brian a little bit, but not, not at all like Scott. And, uh, and um, I think that that was the thing. And then I would say, um, um, as, as um, the, the time came with Jerry, I remember coming in, Jerry saying, you know, that he was gonna be resigning. And I, I was like really surprised by that. He had just hired me and I'd been- You were like, like, you just hired I me, know, man. I know, you know, I had this vision of, you know, 10 years in ministry. And, and, uh, and then as I began to learn about and I, I'll tell you this, that uh, there, was a, there was a trustee who had come to me and said, uh, as, I think they were checking on me, you know, because of the surprise of Jerry re resigning. And, and I remember a line they said to me was, um, because they, they were like, they said, when you came in the first year and, and you did, you know, your VBSs and, and the, and the um, 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 Harvest Festival and all this, he says, we had hoped that we could turn things around, but not. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, like, you know, <laughs> so like, <What> not? <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, we, you know, we need to make changes basically was the sentiment I was hearing. And, and wow. so, um, I, so I remember, you know, I sat with Jet, Jim a lot, but then just kind of around the corner with Steve's office and I would sit with Steve a lot too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I remember Steve's making this comment that his desire was to pass a baton on to a younger generation of men and leaders who could uh, uh, protect good doctrine. That was one of his main um, desires. And that, that made me think about um, um, your church, because your church was doing really well, uh, Shoreline, and you guys had like several hundred um, attendees, members who were in the 20-year-old age range. So the next piece that I would give you is, is um, I started working on um, a doctorate during this time, and uh, that oh, actually, right. and, and that that's was right. actually initiated partly by uh, John Spiegel. You know, so his name kind of comes back into this. But um, we were studying churches and stuff in that, and in the decline of churches, and and that kind of fed into this sermon that I got up to preach one day at First Baptist, and it became known as the Donut Hole Sermon. I don't know if you remember that, Jim. <laughs> I remember that. You know, and the, the analogy was like church is a donut, but there's a hole in the middle, and the hole that we're missing is the uh, the generation of 20-year-olds. We had like no 20-year-olds in the church, you know? And so we had this vibrant kids and youth ministry, and then families with, with kids who were a little bit older, all the way up to the lamplighters, the older gen oldest generation, but we just hardly had anyone in like a like a young professionals, like singles or or, you know, dinks, double income, no kids type of people. And uh, that was like all Shoreline was. And I had this thought like, man, <laughs> they, could be, they could be the donut hole to our donut, you know? And uh, <laughs> uh, so um, uh, I got up and I, I remember um, speaking about that. And then one day, um, Scott, you were coming out the office, the glass door, and you, you, we were passing by, I was going in. And I said to you, hey, we need to get, I want to get together and have coffee with you. And um, 
you know, I had this thought, like, what would you think about if our churches ever, ever merged? You know, something of that nature that's not verbatim at all. But that was, that was the first time I remember I, I, I broached the idea with you, Scott. I don't know. Do you recall that at all? So my, my memory is so fuzzy because I, I feel like I do remember and actually, okay, now that you're saying that, I'm wondering now if the next thing we did, though, because I remember having a phone call because I remember pacing in my backyard like being like, what in the world is he talking about? Well, that could have been, um, that could have been. And so I think it may have been right after that right conversation. After that, yeah. And then we had a phone call. And then after that, uh, you and Brian and I got together. Now, I want to I want to weave something else in because uh, when, when unless your podcast, you didn't mention this part. But there was okay. a year where Matt came in and helped me with the youth group. He's not even part of our church. There's no merge yet. Did you, do you remember this? Oh. And he got to know me. I got okay, to know. Okay, I totally had forgotten. I got to know yes. Matt because he was a helper in the, in the youth group. And there's all these funny moments where, you know, if Matt is listening to this, he would call some of these. But, like, we took, um, he came along as a helper, I think. I can't remember. I think it was the, the, the high school. We did a retreat up to Big Bear. And we had a big football game. And Matt was in the, it was, Matt and I ended up, it was, we were all playing with the high school boys, and Matt ended up on one side, uh, and I'm on the other, we were playing against each other, and, and um, we had to guard each other, and we, we, about three quarters of the way through, we realized we were exerting all this energy on trying to defend each other, and we got, went up to the line, and we're like, you know, we're just killing each other, you know, the two old guys on the field, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, so, but uh, um, in the end, um, at the end of that year, Matt I, uh, went to Starbucks, he and I, and we were sitting down, and he was, he was going to tell me that he wasn't going to continue to be a helper. I, you know, I think he was busy with, with a lot of things, uh, moving with Shoreline and stuff, but, but uh, I remember him giving me some pointers on youth ministry, and I, and I always remember that. <laughs> you know, and then as everything, as everything transpired, you know, he ended up becoming the youth guy. And so I was like, careful, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, careful yeah. what you look for, ask for, you know, now that I look yeah. back on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I really loved Matt, him being a, a helper. Uh, and, um, but, but, you know, at one point I had this thought, like, did Scott send Matt you know, it's kind of a spy to get to know me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd been that smart, man. We were just kind of like fumbling along while the Lord was just planting all of these different connections yeah. and seeds. And yeah. So the, the only other thing I would weave in was a conversation with Jim where he, when Jerry left and then he was asked to be the interim uh, pastor and we were sitting in those wicker chairs uh, under the uh, mountain of books. And um, he says to me, you know, there was somewhere there was a decision made about we're not going to get a new pastor until we get this new constitution. And I became become more and more aware of the history of, you know, Jerry was brought in to um, make a new constitution. Uh, that was one of the main things. And I, I believe the pastor before him, Jim knows the history better than I do, but there had been this pattern, right? And Jim, I remember having this conversation with Jim and, and maybe Steve was in some of that. And it was like, you know, we need to focus on changing the constitution before we bring in another pastor, uh, because it's like you're asking a, a pastor to come in and deal with a problem that's, you know, going on for decades, I guess. So, mm -hmm. so there was that. I think those things came together 
to lead into the merge because we, we started to talk with you guys about the merge, which you kind of um, laid out in the other podcasts is the coffee meetings. It went from the coffee meetings to Steve's house, you know, and uh, um, what I remember is being more of a middle guy because you guys were younger <laughs> than me, but Steve and Jim were older, you know, so yeah, it's yeah. really interesting to go between yeah. you guys and hear you guys uh, uh, talk about your perception because we could have a meeting at Steve's house, but then I could talk with Scott and say, well, what'd you think of that? You know, and you guys would tell me from mm-hmm. your perspective as younger guys, younger pastors, and I would talk to Steve and Jim and, you know, and, and they would have their perspective, you know, on it. And uh, I, re- <laughs> I remember, um, Scott, you did a masterful job of kind of putting together like a timeline of um, um, how a merge might work. And I remember in some of those conversations seeing the, the, for, I, I wrote down one example. It was we had this meeting, and um, we were trying to deal with replacing a roof of, on the church. And oh, I remember right. you and Brian were like sticker shock. He was like, I can't remember <laughs> offhand, but I mean, it was like a big number, like seventy, eighty thousand dollars to fix this roof. And your perspective of these young guys was like, that was wasteful to put money into like a building. Well, that's more than half our budget. I know. <laughs> and and I remember Brian like asking some question of I you know, I can't remember verbatim, but it was basically like how, like the the integrity of of spending so much money on a building and rather spending on minist- supporting ministries in other ways. And uh, it was I I think it was Steve. And Steve said, "Well, what are you going to do when families show up on Sunday morning and put their kids in the nursery and water's coming through the roof, dripping on their kids. Something like that. And Brian was just like, <laughs> never thought about it that way, you know? <laughs> you know, because, because there was also the, I think the, the, the difference between the two groups was that, that you guys hadn't, you know, owned a building and dealt with all the problems that come with that, right? So, um, which, you know, I always wanted to ask you, like, how's that going, Scott and Brian, now that you have... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, those are questions we keep asking ourselves every yeah. year, <laughs> every year. Oh man. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a whole new world. That's for sure. And, a, and a steep learning curve. I mean, it was, it was a fascinating <laughs> and steep learning curve. And, and actually, I mean that, you know, th- that reminds me, Kevin, like, I feel like, and I, I may have mentioned this in the previous podcast, but <clears throat> one of the things that stood out to me that I, I think actually made this um, possible was not just the, the the humility and particularly of you guys and your openness, but the the grace and the kindness. I, I mean, looking back, I just feel like I experienced a lot, a lot of grace. Um, and I remember, um, I, re- I remember getting like, I don't know, there was a meeting we were discussing some topic or some controversial topic, and I and I got like more worked up than was like probably appropriate in a pastor's meeting. You know, I don't know. I, I just got, I got loud, you know, and I, um, and felt like I had, you know, crossed a line. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't anything like bad, but it just felt like in my demeanor, I, I had crossed the line. And so I, you know, came back and I, and I apologized and I, and I remember Steve just putting his hand on my shoulder and basically laughing it off and just said, Oh, don't worry, son. That's just a young man's mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I would say that, that I experienced that too, and uh, I, I have some examples of that. But um, I was thinking chronologically through this. At this point, it's like yeah. we're talking about the murders, but we had to stop. 
There was a point where yeah. we had a meeting yeah. and you guys were like, well, all, all this depends on, on, on whether the vote of the Constitution. And I really remember there being this moment where it was like we'd done all this work and built these relationships, and it was like we had to hit a pause button. And then mm-hmm. you guys were going to be like, we're going to be praying for you, watching from the other side. You know, yeah. uh, and uh, that was a fight that you guys couldn't help with, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. and uh, that's where I would lean in on Jim a lot and his leadership through all of that. And uh, um, um, so we're going through that. And that was, to me, the equivalent of a, of, of, earning a degree at some university that that time period the experience of that was so rich and the faith building in it but just the interactions learning about what what church you know essentially politics are like so but um um i remember i wanted to say this tell a story to uh, to be an example of this but it's like we were um Going through this, they were doing, there was a moment where uh, a letter, a packet went out to everyone in the church. You know, I don't know if you've talked about that at all. I can see Jim sighing as soon as I say that. <laughs> we, and, uh, we, 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 haven't, we haven't too, uh, too in, in, in too much detail. Okay. I tried to kind of just talk but about it in I see. broad swaths. I see. So, so anyways, there was a moment where... Um, you know, there was just a lot of pressure. And I remember um, there's a couple in the church, Zach and Ginger. And Zach um, had been helping me in the youth group. Uh, and we had developed a good relationship with him. And they had been away. They had essentially had been on some trip and they were gone for a while. And when a lot of things had transpired and they, they had come back into town and it's like they showed up at their house and there was this packet you know, and it, and it had um, was questioning the leaders of the church essentially, and um, he called me. You know, so what I remember is he's on the call, and um, I remember the Austins were a part of the call. I remember Nicole and Zach being the main people talking to me, and they they were wanting to know about this the information in this, and so I'm interacting with them on that. And you know, the thing that I would say about it was I remember hanging up feeling like I like they were being influenced you know and I and it was a, a bit of a blow to me uh and uh because they were some they it's particularly Zach was someone I was close to and um my it upset my wife and she said what are you going to do about it and I was like what can I do you know and people and and my wife kept kind of p- probing me on it you know you've got to do something and and she and what came out of that was like maybe I should be preaching tomorrow because we had some some missionary scheduled to preach, and uh, uh, it, he was going to preach something totally unrelated to everything that was going on in our church. And I just kind of felt like yeah, the week before everybody yeah he's preaching, but everybody just got this right exactly right. Yeah. exactly. And so I sat down and and stayed up late putting together a sermon. And I, I had remembered I had been at a conference with Jerry Wilkie, you know, I mean, of all the names to drop here, it was Mark Driscoll, but uh, he had <laughs> preached this great sermon on um, um, pastors and stand, standing up and, 
and preaching truth, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, I remembered that and I had uh, taken um, uh, some of the points that he had made and built this sermon. And uh, um, so I came in early in the morning on, a, on that Sunday and there was Steve and I think Jim was there and the missionary was there and I walk in and they're talking to him and I said, I think the Lord wants me to preach today. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> I think the Lord wants me to preach today, you know, and there was this, converse, this conversation that happened. You know, I think the missionary, they said, uh, could you leave the room? And then me and Jim and Steve were talking. <laughs> Jim, do you remember any of this? Or Yes, I, I had forgotten that, but I remember it now. Thanks and, for reminding me. And, and, and you, and you guys were like, okay, if you really feel the Lord, the Lord's leading you like this. And so, the, so I remember the missionary was like, we, we, they were giving him a, a stipend to preach, and then he just sat in the front row and listened to the sermon. <laughs> but we still, him, you know, and cashed his check. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I still got, I still got up, and um, um, I preached this sermon, and it was to, it was really like an exhortation to the church, and it had a lot to do with that the church historically had been hard on its pastors. That was my sermon, and that um, God gives you pastors to lead you, and you had been very hard, and pastors had been leaving this church, and. You know, and um, that, you know, I think it drew a bit of a line because uh, uh, one of the trustees had come up and said to me something like, you know, um, well, uh, that didn't go well or something, you know, like for them. <laughs> but but uh, so there so that initiated a series of um, town halls and I just felt like being this voice for like um, truth in all of it. Mm. And I remember a town hall I came to and I waited, they, they made some rules, like you could only speak one time. So I waited till everybody talked. So I wanted to hear what all of, all that was said. And then I, and then I stood up and corrected <laughs> things that were said by people on, on the other side who were trying to lead the church to to um, rebel against the, the leaders of the church. Um, so I felt like that was a role that, you know, God, um, I think he paired Jim and I together really, where, really well through all of that. I couldn't have done what Jim did. It's the history that he had uh, gave a lot of credibility. And then, um, but there was another guy, I didn't hear you mention his name. He was the professor from um, Masters. Uh, do you remember his name, Jim? Mackey. R.W. Mackey. R.W. Yeah. Mackey. Yeah. He, he really, I thought, helped validate a lot of the, the Jim and I and the leaders uh, because he came in, he got an assessment, and I know that he was approached by uh, leaders on the other side of that, and he basically rebuffed them and said, if, I remember he told me this. He said, if I ever teach in a class uh, how to lead the church through a change, this, what you're doing will be my example of what not to do. Um, like he said that to them, you know, and, and, uh, but there was a way of God putting Mackey there to affirm uh, Jim and I and other leaders in a really hard time. You know, I don't know if these things have been said in all the podcasts, but. Yeah. Um, no, I, man, I, I really appreciate it, Kevin. I think it's, uh, it, it is a testament to what the Lord did and how he put, um, particularly, you guys in these positions in ways that you, you didn't see coming that you didn't um, could never have envisioned, mm -hmm. but that he was orchestrating something bigger f out of love for his church and mm -hmm. care for the sheep. Um, and, and we could, we, we, we could 
talk more about that in, in all sorts of different ways. Um, I, I want to I, I want to fast forward a little bit. Um, Back to because, the merging. Well, well, because we merged. Right. I want to fast forward. I mean, I actually want to fa fast forward away because this whole, we all went through all this. Mm -hmm. Then again, we kind of had the year of the merge, which we've talked about. And we merged. Can I and add one thing? Two months in later. Oh, okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, because, because you said you were you were um, experiencing grace, but I did too. Like I remember, you put together those dinners, which you taught. I heard you talk about, and the guys that came were, were Carlos and Jackie came over to my house, and through the, he's a so, they're soccer. He's a soccer guy, and and I'm a soccer guy, and I'm coaching kids, and then so he says, I want to come watch you coach on Saturday. So he comes to watch. It's the one game he comes to, I, I, I get upset and yell at the ref and they throw me out of the game. You know, it's like, and, it, and, and, Car and Carlos is like, this is the guy that we're gonna merge with, you know? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, I just, I just, you know, ruined something. And then he goes, um, he was so gracious to me, man. And he, I, I, really, I really felt ministered to him in that moment. And then there was another moment where you did the preaching swap. And I went over and preached oh, yeah. at your church, and uh, I think I felt like I just bombed, you know, really bad, you know. Oh, do you? I don't okay, know if you remember I, this. I do remember. I do remember that. <laughs> I remember like the first half of my sermon was okay, and then I kind of launched off on this demography statistics and all this, and then yeah, you, you're yeah, like, your church yeah. wasn't used to that. And uh, <laughs> I remember going home and and and. And telling my wife, I don't think I did that well, you know. And to be to be to be fair, the vast majority of my preaching experience was to high schoolers and kids, and and you know, yeah. and yeah. And, uh, and preaching on Youth Pastor Sunday at First Baptist. But but yeah. uh, uh, you came over to my office and you sat there, and I thought the way you talked to me was very gracious, and I have remembered that forever. You know, the, mm -hmm. there were some things you said in that conversation that still affect my preaching, you know? And I, mm -hmm. I like, think about, like, uh, when I'm writing a sermon, sometimes I think back to some of the things you said, you know? So there was, there was grace going both ways, but I think that's partly um, God weaving it together, you know? Yeah, I think that, that, well, that's an incredible testament to me to the fact that the, the ways these things work and the way God builds the church isn't by everybody getting it right. Mm, right. sure. I think that that's no. that's the temptation, right? <laughs> I think the temptation is that to think that the way that we build the church is by everybody getting it right, but that's that's not the. I mean, that's not God. That's not the gospel. Mm -hmm. right? The gospel is that He builds it through through grace. He builds it through us walking with one another through our mm -hmm. limitations and weaknesses and failures in kindness. Yes, as He builds to His glory, right? Not to ours. Um, okay, so I, I want to ask how then, I mean, you were such an instru instrumental part. You were such a huge part of this, Kevin. The Lord used you in so many different ways. We kind of set up and we were like off and running and we take one step and you exit stage right to Guam. Yeah. How, how, <laughs> <laughs> well, Can I, you explain that, please? <laughs> you did. You did. There was a line you said in a podcast that, that was accurate, you know, where I remember sitting in with Steve, Jim and I sitting with Steve, and he, we weren't sure how the vote would go. And I remember him saying, you need to fire up your resume. And I remember going, whoa, what? You know? <laughs> yep. And uh, that I did that, you know. And, um, um, I mean, I won't get into all the details, but... 
But that's the, how God led us back, back to Guam. Sure. We, we had always felt like we would come back to Guam. But honestly, there was a, a, a point in West L.A. where I told Missy, you know, I could stay here for 10, 15 years. I really liked the ministry here, and I loved the people. And so it took that experience going through that to, to nudge us out of, of that and look somewhere else. And that's what happened. My brother was the youth pastor here at the church I'm at, pastoring at now. And I began to dialogue with him. And the senior pastor here was looking for an associate to come along. He needed help. And that's kind of what opened that door. And uh, so, you know, then what happened was the vote favored um, us staying and, and moving to um, one board and um, all of this, right? And then we began to to amp up the, the merger conversation. And that's where I re- began to struggle with guilt a little bit because <laughs> I could see God moving us in another direction. And so I was really careful with all of my conversation with Jim in particular, because Jim and I, we'd have these meetings with you guys and Jim and I would, would um, get together and talk about it. And, and he would ask my opinions. And I remember I would, I kept, I would give him my opinions, but then I would always come back to um, it. Uh, I actually wrote it down. I, I, uh, I wrote down here in quotes. It has to be you, Jim. <laughs> it has to be your your the final decision. Because in my head, I was like, "You're the you're the one." I didn't know yet for sure, but if I left, I knew that he would be the one that would have to to live with it. Like like. How is the Lord leading you? Uh, you yeah. If you feel the Lord is leading you to say, yes, I'm going to support you in it. I'm a believer in it. But I didn't want to overplay my confidence in the merger, I guess, if that's a way to frame it, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to, to influence Jim too much. And it was like uh, I kept trying to take, him, take the answer back to it's you and, and God. You know, what is the, how's the Lord leading you? So I don't know if you recall those conversations, Jim, or... Oh, yeah. I kept looking at my mail for a letter from a church in Guam who wanted me, you know, I could leave. And <laughs> <laughs> it never came, and there I was, you know. <laughs> well, I felt like... I felt like people would be mad at me because there were some people in the church who, you know, Jim and I led them through this hard battle. And a lot of them, I think coming out on the other side felt like, well, you know, it was hard fought, but we have Jim, Jim and Kevin who've led us through this. And then for me to then just leave, it was like, especially because there were a lot of people who um, walked with us because of the relationships I had through youth and kids ministry. I had a lot of really Mm -hmm. deep relationships there. And, um, um, I knew that I knew that that would be difficult, and then I I also felt like there might be a few families who maybe they wouldn't stay, but but um, I felt it was right because you know we, before I don't know where in the timeline this happened, but I think it was around the donut hole sermon, but there there was a study that you guys had some company do, and they were like you know you guys have the highest density of essentially twenty year olds of like most any church in, in America. And I was like, the people we need to reach are, the Shoreline's doing it. Like they figured out 
how to reach um, this. And I felt like it was going to be a win-win in terms of the gospel because uh, you suddenly it's like you got 200 missionaries in the age range that you're trying to reach, you know. So I felt confident in it, but then, you know, I knew that that me leaving would uh, be hard on Jim. And, uh, you know, I felt like you would have to deal with people that were uh, maybe angry, you know, and coming to you. So I don't know. You've never told me any of that. You know, how many people? <laughs> well, here's the time, Jim. You can let it, let it all out on Kevin. <laughs> Got a few things to you to say to you, Kevin. No, you know what? It was <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, you know what? It, the timing was, was, was God's grace. It was perfect. It was, it was, it, it, it made an opening, uh, I think, uh, for, um, innovating some, figuring out some new ways to do things. Uh, and I think uh, it was, it, it was just, um, it was very hard, uh, but the whole thing was hard. It was great that you didn't leave sooner. Um, you could have stayed longer, but it was, it was great that you didn't leave sooner because we got through that. And then we started basically what was a new church. And uh, I think the, the, downside of that was I, I really missed you terribly uh we had you know we'd gone through this together we were partners and i think it was uh, uh really really uh difficult uh in that sense but i was glad for you and i was glad for the move and i i i think even at the time i was saying uh god's got this god's mm. got kevin's got me he's got, got got uh shoreline uh the merge two churches forming one church um uh, it was it was all just to me a, 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 an amazing piece of, of God putting the, the tiles on the roof to you know keep out the storm make it perfect. Mm. That's so true. Well, Kevin, the the other thing I mean we we could. Uh, Can we talk about where we're at now? Yeah, I do, but I, I just, I actually, I, I was going to run there because that's kind of you know where I was headed. I'm you know I'm, I'm moving along, but I do want to stop and just. Not rush past what you said, Jim, because I think that's such a beautiful reminder of how God did build his church and how how he's continuing to build his church. Yeah. Um, Amazing. It's humbling, and it's an incredible privilege to get to be a part of um, both here, and it's it's a part of the story of how he was building his church in Guam, mm-hmm. how he was mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. and the plan he had for Bayview that, that again, none of us... Um, None of us could see, yeah. but that he was orchestrating. And so, I mean, Kevin, I, I would love for, especially for those that, that were here and, and do remember you so fondly, remember this time. I mean, we've stayed in touch over the years, and I've gotten to, to know about what's going on on the island, what, how the Lord's been building the, the church there over the last decade. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a big timeline. But I, I would love just for you I to... Can- I can describe a little it, bit about what the Lord's doing there. Yeah, I, I can shrink it down in a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I've learned that one of the ways God's wired me is to uh, come into environments that uh, need help revitalizing, and um, that's what this church that I'm at now needed. It was in decline. Um, it hadn't made um, um, its budget in like seven years. They were running in a deficit. Um, they were losing members. Um, and so I, um, God brought me into this. In the first two years, I was just the associate, but it gave me time to really learn 
about the church and the culture. And uh, um, I told my wife the other day, the first 10 years we, we were here, and I had told her if we go there, we got to stay at least 10 years. It's going to take 10 years to turn that around. And uh, um, Lord, the Lord has been so gracious in, in teaching me a lot over, like he teaches me something in, in the moment that he's going to, I'm going to need in the next moments. And that's been, even LA is an example of that, bringing me here. I felt like um, I was never going to face anything as scary as I had in L.A. And so (laughs) that's the that's the biggest giant ever. And so in some ways, like anything that that rears its head here is like this is like, you know, a dwarf compared to the Goliath of L.A. So um, that there's truth in that. And because you because you saw how God uh, um, worked in that moment in LA and it was, it was phenomenal to see that. I mean, to literally feel like, uh, this is going to be lost and then for God to like turn it around was just amazing. So, um, but, uh, 10 years on, we focused on helping the, the church grow and it has, it's grown, it's grown. It's, um, we, we run two services now and, uh, we have, um, 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 a, a church we're helping plant uh, uh, this summer. Uh, but what, one of the things that's come out of that, and I don't have time to go into how all of this unfolded, but through the pandemic, I ended up corralling a lot of the pastors of the island. And, uh, and there's a, an organization here called the Guam Ministerial Association. And um, that is a collection of denominations. There's Presbyterian, there's Lutheran, there's... Um, but uh, a Baptist, but there's like a, a, a statement of faith that's very conservative. And that was also kind of dying out, you know, the interest in that. And so through the pandemic, I, I was collecting all these pastors, which were actually part of this and uh, helping encourage pastors through it and sort things out. And then they came and said, would you, would you lead this? We need someone who you have an inner, you've started like some energy here. We want to build on that. And so, to make a long story short, the last few years I've been serving as the president of the Guam Ministerial Association, and I've been speaking to Scott some about that, about partnering with um, Cornerstone to help us, because um, the reality is, what, I, what I've come to believe is like God needs uh, all, the, all of the, the conservative churches here to reach the island. It's not gonna be just our church. Uh, and uh, some of that came from reading um, Tim Keller has this thing he calls the gospel ecosystem. And it's like these multiple churches and faith movements that combine in a local area to, to have the gospel grow to its maximum potential. Uh, and, you know, and what's important in that is if you understood the island and the denominations and churches here, they were very, very tribalistic, competing with each other. And oftentimes what they were competing or was the same people moving around from one church to the other. And uh, I've, I've tried to really um, deconstruct that and put an emphasis on reaching new people. We need to reach, there's plenty of unharvested grain. You're all focused on the already harvested grain moving from one silo to another silo. Let's just, how can we reach the people that aren't reached? And, and so uh, Scott knows a little more in detail. I've shared with him some of the vision for how to do that. And so our church still needs to to grow and overcome its challenges independently but um i want us to be 
an example and a model to the other churches because a lot of the churches are in decline. You know, so um, the idea is to how can we uh, lift pastors up to lead better in their churches and then um, um, how can we bring churches together to do ministry that, that is easier when we are a community of churches like reaching the foster kid uh, need. You know, there, first year I was here, there was, there was like 100 foster kids. Ten years later, there's 600-something foster kids. And so we try to bring churches together, and we foster Parent Sunday. And so I challenge every pastor to stand up and preach a sermon on this. And every time we do, the, at least one new family you know, per church comes forward to take foster kids. So that's like a joint effort. So there's a lot of, a lot of um, needs on the island that are like uh, compassion-type ministry that we just do better together as a bunch of churches. And instead of being tribalistic, and the, the hope is that, that the, the, the gospel footprint becomes larger and it points to, to Christ instead of just the identity of one church, you know, who's growing because they want to be a big church. And so um, that is in a nutshell what's going on since I've left is we're, we're going, we're in our second decade um, and um, we're excited about what the Lord's doing. So that's so, so exciting, so encouraging. Um, yeah, it's been so cool to see over the years the Lord just, again, build and grow the church through his own unique ways and sometimes in some surprising ways um, and through surprising means. And, and then even just come to season by season demonstrate some of the reasons he has you there. What the calling for this, that again, in the moment, right? Sometimes in the moment, it was like, wait, this wasn't a part of the plan. Right? Yeah, how, yes, how, right. How's this going to work? Hey, where are you going? Um, but <laughs> but, the, but he, he just has this, this plan he's un, unveiling that we get to discover in so many. Well, I hope to have uh, some of you Cornerstone guys come out here, you know, over the next years and minister to the pastors by sharing you know, uh, Jim, you could do a session on how to s- survive a church fight, you know, and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Uh, uh, church and, politics and 101. Many, that's right. How, well, while, we're, well, while we've got you and everybody's listening, how's your family doing? Family is great. Um, if you've seen any pictures, my it's like. I gave birth to giants, you know, my sons are, <laughs> my sons are ginormous guys. My ninth grader, I think is going to be the largest and he's already like inches taller than me. They're all going to be over six feet tall. Uh, you know, my oldest son and Josiah and Ethan, your church, the church probably there remembers the most, but Josiah yeah. graduated from UOG, works at Doucet, which is Doucetani, which is the, nicest hotel here and has a nice job there uh and he's the, my first kid out of the house living on his own uh, Woohoo! Yeah. and uh because <laughs> uh, uh, grocery down. grocery bill is high that's i just want to say that but then um ethan is the you know the fitness guy um he is finishing his degree works at a gym in his training with the Guam Olympic team to represent them in uh, uh, Olympic weightlifting. So, wow. And um, um, Caleb just is graduating from high school. He'll be going to 
um, UOG as well uh, next year. Mike is still keeping in high them school. all on island, man. I know. <laughs> I think they're going to stay. They they like it here, and they've started uh, dating local girls. So I think you know that will um, keep them here. You know, if they marry yeah. if they marry local, yep. they're gonna they're gonna stay, which <laughs> which pleases my wife a lot. So, and then my you know my daughter is twelve, and she's growing up to to be a young lady. So, um, and I mean, and she was. One. She was just not even one. born. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, she wasn't even one when you yeah. guys left. Yes. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, wow. Well, man, this is uh, this has been so fun. I mean, I, I always I always enjoy getting to to talk. I'm so thankful for your friendship, man. Um, but even more so, just to get to share a little bit of this, uh, mm-hmm. the the work that the Lord did in that season, and how uh, how He used you as such a key part of the story that he's still telling here well i i had one last thing i wanted to say is that okay yeah please so what i the whole experience in la the thing that i that i learned that i take away with the most was number one the indispensable quality of an elder that's qualified uh to go to take a church through that and uh the deacons uh first baptist such a lot of great men i don't know if he's dropped any of those names uh, but Mike Sylvester, you know, um, Shepherd, uh, yeah. those guys did a great, just a great job. Um, Nestor, uh, support for Jim and I. And I remember we began to have these meetings where they would meet together, and seeing them was 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 just a great learning moment to be sitting there and watching them interact with with the trustees and and um, you know I can remember this scene where where the trustees were were asking to have elder-like um, authority. And we often referred to the deacons as quasi-elders because we just technically didn't have elders in the Constitution. And they kept holding up this paper, which was this Constitution, you know, and they kept setting it down. And they'd pick it up and they would talk about it and they would set it down. And finally, Mike Sylvester says, you know, you should get more attention to the document underneath that piece of paper, which was the Bible that they kept covering up with. <laughs> And what it has to say about church leadership, and I just uh, really thankful for godly leaders that that God has in the church. And from that, you know, just the sovereignty of God in everything, able to work all things together for good, um, weaving together so many different little decisions into one thing. Um, I mean, John Spiegel, you know, you could go back and say, uh, how what role did he play in it? You know, what well, his role in helping me come come to there and then uh, partnering with Jim in all of that. And uh, it was this zany, kind of nerdy Google guy, you know, <laughs> who invited me to be a youth pastor. You know, this is sovereignty of God, how he weaves together so many of those things, right? And, uh, but the, in the end, I just think, you know, the church belongs to the Lord, it's not ours. And um, he's, he's sovereign Amen. in that. He's, he's the owner and he, he, he moves people out and brings in who he wants. And, and I think those are the, the biggest takeaways that, that I always think about in my whole experiences there. Mm. Mm. I think it's such a great note to end on. And I think it's, uh, I guess the takeaways that we leave with too, Jim, actually, as yes. we reflect back, right? The, yes. The church is the Lord's. Yes. It's not ours. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, the, the stunning thing is that you, know, you, you you're in a situation where you think there's nothing I can do at this point, and then you know God's hand moves and 
things, mm-hmm. things suddenly change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well said, Jim. Mm. Well, and I love you, Jim, and, and I'm sorry if I Same. made you mad when I left. So. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get my hands on your neck. <laughs> I always wondered if your wife was mad at me, too, you know. So cause we went through so much str- strain. <laughs> Oh, right. great. Well, we loved coming to visit. That was, that was a, after, after you moved there, that was wonderful. Mm. And I just, I, you know, our, I think our friendship uh, stretches over the miles. And uh, mm. I, I so am honored to have gone through that with you. Um, I just thought your integrity was huge and uh, your, your courage was great. Mm. So thanks. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much, Kevin. Thanks for your faithfulness for the sake of the local church here and, uh, and to God's glory. So, and, and thanks, and thanks so much for the time, man. This is, yeah. even, we, we really, we really appreciate it. This was yeah. fun. That's great. <laughs> this is really great. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to do it again, yeah. you know, in 12 years. Uh, <laughs> After the next crisis. Uh, okay. uh, well, thanks again, man. They, okay. thank, thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. And thank yeah. you all for listening. Um, know that we love you and are praising God for the story that he's writing uh, through you even now in this current chapter of the history of Cornerstone. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of that. We love you and we'll see you on Sunday.